2: Phil Mackey.
0: He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times.
1: Judd Zogad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really
2: enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
0: Lou Nanny uh, joins us a day early this week, uh, but it's very appropriate since the Wild and the Jets start their playoff series tonight in Winnipeg. And, sir. I just went on the record as saying because there's so much momentum towards a Jets team that does not have that much playoff experience, I'm picking the Wild in seven games. Your thoughts?
3: I'm picking the Jets in five, possibly six. And my thoughts are... All right, Lou, that's enough. We'll (laughs) talk to you later. Thanks for joining. (laughs) And my thoughts are that you're missing Sutter, who takes 30 minutes of a game, and... uh, by the way, while he's taken, he's taken as one of the best defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. So you're you're missing a key part of your defensive play what is a difference maker because it just seems, you know, everything revolves around defense in the playoffs. And for the most part, games are usually one-goal games, although I, 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 with the explosiveness that you, Winnipeg has, you could see these being more than one-goal games where they can score goals. And even though they don't have experience... A lot of teams have won cups that didn't have a lot of experience. I mean, you look at Colorado; uh, and they had they, their best guys were just top draft choices year after year after year. First five years, never had a playoff game for a long time. And the same thing with Pittsburgh. And you can go on and on. But I do think that uh, if the Wild get outstanding goaltending, then they got a chance. You can't let a bad goal in.
0: Exactly. Uh, now, now p- part of my a prediction also, though, is based on Spurgeon coming back and playing well. How difficult is that to come back from a hamstring, which I think he sat out the last 12 games, but what's the difficulty in, in coming back from that type of injury in hockey, do you think?
3: Well, first of all, I've never had a hamstring, so that I, I can't speak firsthand of it, but I don't think it's any different than other leg injuries. I mean, you come back from ACL tears and medial and, uh anterior cruciate tears, I mean, you know, there's uh, shoulder injuries you have. When you come back and you're ready to play, and I used to tell my players, when you step on the ice, whether you're hurt or not, the people in the stands, you're not hurt. So you, you, you can't use that as a crutch, and, and, and if you can't play, you shouldn't be playing. <clears throat> but if you feel confident enough in your ability, you can get out there. And we do know that, I don't care who you are, you played 82 games, you played maybe 3 4 or 5 exhibition games you're going into the playoffs nobody's in 100% health in the national hockey league you never are you, the game is is too physical and fast to think that you got players that are 100% physically when they go out there when you get in the playoffs you 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 hurt all the time i mean uh, i remember when we played in the playoffs i had my right elbow cut uh, and I cut it every game. So they take five stitches out, they put five stitches in. And mm. that was just the way it is. You know, he, My knee was bad, my shoulder was bad, everybody was like me. I mean, I wasn't the only guy. It's just a, a matter of fact that when you're playing the playoffs, it's your head that matters, not your body. Because your head tells your body you're not hurt and you go.
1: Yeah, Lou, Bruce Boudreau, if you include his last three years with Anaheim, now has five consecutive one hundred point regular season teams, uh, and obviously two with the wild here. How would you just describe his impact and uh, his style, his impact? There's been a lot of injuries and yet they've been able to uh, to put together these really good regular seasons.
3: Obviously he's gotta be a hell of a coach because you don't get five one hundred point seasons in a row. And I and I, I kinda think there were like there's eight years in a row where he's uh, been at the top, didn't you? Yeah, and
1: the they had a shortened season, and yeah. tw- it would have been 100 points six years yeah. in a row, and then he, he coached with two different teams that wound up adding up to like 90 points the year before that, so yeah. I mean, the
3: guy's done a remarkable job, so mm-hmm. uh, he, he gets the best and the most out of his players, because you're not going to reach that plateau without getting the most out of your players, and I think one of the things that's really key about Bruce, when, when I watch him coach during the year. The fact is he's, he's willing to change, mm-hmm. change people, change tactics, change the uh, way he approaches things. He, he's not set, so set in his ways that he says this has got to work and I'm going to stick with it hell and high water. No, I mean, if he doesn't feel it's going to work, he changes. If he doesn't feel somebody's playing the way they should play, they change. If he doesn't like the lines the way they are, they change. And that's what good coaches do. They recognize quickly. That they got to do something to make a difference in, in the outcome, and uh, whether it's shift by shift or game by game or month by month, he, he's able to do that.
0: Uh, so, what what's your, your uh, confidence? Back to the question about Dubnik, Louis, that he can be outstanding in this series.
3: Well, I want to see it. You know, he, you know, he's had great stretches for the times that he's been here in three years during the regular season. I haven't seen. I haven't seen in the playoffs. even know, you know. I mean, they said in the paper about his goals against the average against St. Louis last year was very good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it wasn't nearly as good as St. Louis's guy. And and there were, you know, a, a, you, you let a bad goal in every now and then. You you just can't recover from that. So he's capable of of of, uh, of putting the team on his back and carrying him through. And I hope he, he does that because that's what they're going to need. Because when you got guys like Laney, the way he shoots, how fast he shoots, how accurate he is, and then you got Wheeler and Scheifele and, and uh, Ellers and Stastny, I mean, they got so much firepower up front, and you got a guy like Bufflin on the point that uh, big and strong and physical and offensive and defensive, they got a lot of weapons. I and I'm I'm saying this because I really believe that Nashville and Winnipeg right now are the two best teams in the National Hockey League. Yeah. and we got to face one of
1: them. Yeah. You know what's here's what's amazing about goaltending if in a 7 game series you're going to face anywhere between 150 and 200 shots on goal. And that doesn't count shots that are that are coming from different directions that don't make it on goal but that you still have to be, you know, you have to be attentive to. And it might be that of those let's call it 200 shots on goal or 180 shots on goal, it might be one or two of those over the course of 7 games that decide the series, Lou. It's such a it, it's a little bit like Umping in baseball, too, where, all right, 97% of them, it, you know, they, they might be fairly easy, but it's those 3% that could go either way that make the difference with an ump, with a goalie in a seven-game series, and that's what might happen here the next week and a half.
3: And that's right, and that could happen. One of the things that uh, could make that happen and change that are two guys, Niederreiter and Coil, all of a sudden heating up and, and start scoring at a pace that they're capable of scoring if they get hot. Yep. Yeah. And the you know right now when you look at the wild you're counting on scoring from Stahl and Zucker and Parisi, uh, even Grand you know Koivu but you add those other two guys in there, no one's really seen Niederreiter and Stall, I mean uh, Niederreiter and Coil, but boy oh boy if, if they get out and start putting bucks in the net, then all of a sudden the Wild got something going for them.
0: Greenway too, I mean he's six six and I'm I'm not saying Lou that that he has to be fantastic. But if you plug him in and he creates problems there, that's a huge help to me.
3: Well, Greenway uh, can create problems. The one thing Greenway's got to do is mindset. He's got to put in his mind that he's there to make a difference. And a way he can make a difference is by using the size he's got in front of the net. He's got great hands, and a big guy in front of the net can give them problems. So, Winnipeg's got a big defense. And he's the kind of guy that could offset it and, and make a difference. And and when he goes to get guys on the board, it's got to be w- with conviction. It's got to be with passion. It's got to be with a purpose and take guys out and make them know he's taking them out. One thing's uh, different from rookies. Some people come in with cocksure, you know, aggressive, fiery, like Dino Cicerelli did. Sure. And, and other guys come in in a more of a passive way and, and almost uh, – Adhering to the fact that they're a rookie, you know, know your place, know where you are. Well, when it gets to playoffs, there's no such thing as that. There's one word, it's passion. And you have to commit yourself every shift, every play, to go out there and remember, they got the puck, I want it. Mm-hmm. I got it, I'm keeping it. You, it, it, Mind is so important in the playoffs. Mind is so important that, that it's, will is everything. It really is and and with, if Greenway plays with that kind of will, he can be a big difference maker.
0: This is a fine line because I don't w- want the wild to ins- inspire him, but I do want them uh to bother Bufflin because Bufflin will take dumb penalties. and Louie, I really think that if if you can if you can annoy him to the f- to to the point w- where he starts to to melt down, it's going to help. Uh, I've just seen him do dumb things enough. So I don't want to inspire him to the point where he plays well, but the more time that that you can get get him to uh, spend in the penalty box, the better off that the Wild's going to be.
3: Well, I really love Boston's ability and his capabilities, but I don't think you can inspire him to play better. I think if you get to his mind, it's not going to be inspiring to play better. If you get to his mind, it's going to be to Create havoc and get him into a situation where he's upset and he's going to take those penalties. I, I don't think Bufflin is the type of individual that gets inspired by how you play against him. It's something he's got to do within himself. Yep. So I think you could really affect him mentally by doing what you said, Judd, and I. I, I hope they do that because I do think that you could get him off his game by really being a you know a dick around him.
0: Take us uh, back. What, what was as. GM of the Stars, Louie, what was day one of the, the playoffs like? Just annoying till the game got there, or how how did did you uh, process or go about your day on game one of the playoffs when they started? I
3: hated it as GM. I loved it as a player. Huh. And just because of what you said, I had to wait for the game as GM, and you can't do a thing about it. <clears throat> my, my guts used to just churn all day long. I, I could not. I, I, sometimes I just couldn't handle. It. In fact, one of the playoff games in Toronto, I got to the rink and everybody went in the locker room. I snuck out the back door and went to a movie. Yeah, I, 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 I just, uh, I got to tell you, as a general manager, you're, you're now just a, a spectator, a fan watching a game, with, with no involvement, no effect, no ability to change or do anything, when you're way up above. And especially coming up to the game, and it was it was horrific. As a player, you know, you go to the rink, you get ready, you go eat, you go to bed, you get up, you go, and you're ready for the game. And, and your mindset, you're just. And when I played in the playoffs, my mind was just going a thousand miles an hour. Couldn't wait to get to the rink. Couldn't wait to get on the ice. Couldn't wait to go down the boards. Couldn't wait to run into somebody. It was just you. You knew. You're going to get an opportunity to to let off some of that steam, general manager. You don't.
1: You know, here's the other thing from a GM perspective. I would think uh, if let's say your prediction is right that they lose in uh, in five or six games, they get beat in the first round. You know, that's when that's when impatience starts to set in with fans and media even more than it already has to. And, and okay, now the narrative uh, you know stretches out to six consecutive years and no conference finals and no Stanley Cup finals and the collar starts to, to get tighter. But I think we tend to lose perspective sometimes, too, that like there's only one team that wins a championship at the end of the year, and we get too impatient as fans and media. So what's that line? If you're right on this prediction, and it now becomes six years, that are six successful regular season years, but nothing beyond the second round, how do you reconcile that, and what are your thoughts on how to proceed forward, Lou?
3: Boy, you're right on that, Phil. I, you, you just hit the nail on the head uh, 100%. Uh, I have to tell you, when you see three teams made the playoffs six years in a row, that's unique, that's special. And you know when you get in the playoffs, anybody's got a, a chance to go all the way, like Nashville last year, 16, Domo won L.A. a few years ago, did win it as the last team in the last day. Uh, I think you've got to be got to be a realist. And I, and I, and I see this because I've seen it happen so often where people and teams – get upset in the short term, and they affect themselves for the long term. Maple Leafs haven't won a cup since 1967. Rangers, when he won it in 95, hadn't won a cup in 50 years. And you've got to remind people that there are 31 teams this year, and they all want to win the cup. So it's not just a while want to win the cup. And not everybody wins it. And look at how many teams haven't won it for a long time. What Philadelphia hasn't won it since 75. We think of Philly as being great playoff teams in that. So you got to guard against uh, impatience, which is tough to do, and you have to really assess where you're at and, and why you're there, and and you know w- what do you got to do as a realist? I mean, I really like what the Rangers did this year. They made an assessment <laughs> month and a half before the end of the season, say this team will never win the cup, and to win the cup we got to make changes, we got to go a different route. That takes a lot of a lot of gumption, and also takes the ownership. Uh, uh, willingness to do it because you know what you're saying right away you're saying I'm going to sacrifice two, three years but when I get in I'm going to be getting in in the positions to maybe win. so the real assessment has got to be with the Wild is <clears throat> not they've won six uh, playoffs in a row yet they went out early and boy this is bad, no, that's been good that's been special Yep. but where are we going from there? What do you got to do? And I think there's where you got to make the assessment on what kind of changes and what direction do you want to go in from there on. Not just take the first-round losses or second-round losses and say, oh, we're horrific, we never win the Cup. No, say, no, we've had this. How can we get better? Where do we go to get better? And and make those kind of assessments.
0: Your Cup teams are who? And who wins the Cup, do you think, Louie?
3: My Cup teams are Nashville and Tampa, and, and I say Nashville wins.
0: In seven, or what?
3: Uh, no, I think Nashville beat him in six. Okay. Ooh. All right. all right. Thank you, sir. Sounds okay, good. Okay, guys. Nice talking to you. Enjoy all the right. game
1: tonight, Louie. Talk to you later. Lou Nanny. That's great stuff, too. It's good perspective. Let's come back and talk more about if he's right, or if even you're right, that maybe they win the first round, but they don't get right. beyond I mean, the second round again. Yeah. Okay, then then what? We did that with the Wolves in the first hour. Let's uh, Let's play both sides here with the Wild when we come back, and later on, Dan Hayes on Twins. Mackie and Judd
2: now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Never been a, a real team that that hits a tremendous deal, and, and now we just want to we want to be a team that really competes. If uh, they want to be really physical against us, you know we got some big boys now, so I mean that's great. But uh, uh, sometimes when you're too over exuberant, you take yourself out of position when you want to be physical. So we want to play the right way. All
1: right, let's say Lou Nanny's prediction of Jets in five or six is correct. Very negative. Uh, you have, I've got I've got Wild winning the series, I'll say, in six. I don't know, you said seven, uh, wild winning in seven. Seven, yes. But let's say that he's right, they lose in the first round, or maybe they get to the second round and lose again. So it's now six straight years where you get in, but it's a quick run, and you don't even get to the third round of the playoffs, the conference final stage. I think... As a sports fan and and sports media, you know, columnists do this all the time. Your instinct, after a certain amount of time of plateauing, where you get to the playoffs and you get to the playoffs, but you don't get to that next step. And the grace period has worn off. The excitement of, you know, unexpected success has worn off. And the excitement of getting to the playoffs for the first time under a new regime or a new run wears off. The instinctual step is to call for heads. Mm Mm-hmm to ask for a general manager change or demand it or uh, demand that a coach be fired, right? Yeah. That's the instinct. Yes. But I think that instinct is oftentimes wrong. Like, I think it's... And I don't know what to think in this situation because this is a really fun stretch of hockey for the most part where they're just like, now they've scored 100 points in the regular season two years in a row. Oftentimes... When, when the team that plateaus makes the move to fire, they don't get to the next level. Now, the Golden State Warriors did, and they won championships. There are other teams, like the Chicago Bulls fired uh, Doug Collins in the 1980s, hired Phil Jackson, they got to the next step. Michael Jordan fired him, that's right. For sure. So that does happen, but I would say 70, 80, 90% of the time, you get unhappy with a playoff plateau, you fire someone, you shake it up, and then you come back down the other side of the hill anyways. Right. And maybe it's maybe it's even a worse person that you're bringing in to, to run the ship.
0: And Fletcher's in the last year of his contract this year. I think Boudreaux's in year two of a three-year contract. I think Boudreaux's done a fantastic job. Uh, I believe what will happen is that Fletcher will be kept. I think he'll sign a contract. If he hasn't agreed to one already by this point, I think he'll sign a new contract. I would like to see this team have the ability to make some changes with its roster. The issue there, and this has been my biggest uh, criticism of Chuck for a long time, my biggest criticism is the amount of guys who have no move, no trade clauses. Uh, Because I do think, like, I don't understand. I'm truly confused as to why you didn't allow Koivu's contract to expire and then explore your options. And if you re-sign him, that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine. Yeah. Instead, before this year started, they signed him to a two-year extension that's going to kick in starting with next season. I don't get that one. All of that being said, I think you're at least going to take this through year three of Boudreaux. And you would I really think you'd be hard-pressed to replace him and find an, an improvement. I think he, Agreed, he's right. a very totally good agree. coach. I think he's yeah. done a fantastic job. And and eventually I really do believe that the the playoff failures, the game seven losses are going to have to start to even out a little bit for him. So the one thing I don't want this team to do is say, well, we lost in the first or second round again, and now we're going to blow out the GM, the coach. If you blow out the GM, it makes it very hard for the coach potentially to stay. So all of those things being said, I am I like Boudreaux enough that I would come back with basically the same thing intact. If you could make some player changes, that would be great. But that gets back to the fact that that's tough to to do. And keep in mind, too, the other problem with this league is the salary cap does not jump by a lot. So it doesn't become simple to go out and say, okay, we've got this much committed salary-wise, but the cap's going to go up, and so we'll make changes. Uh, So I think what you're largely going to see at training camp next year is the same roster, basically, But I am not for a coaching change at all. If they go out in four games in in the first round, I'm still not for firing the head coach.
1: Yeah, and and on the GM front, I I don't think you can just like point out or nitpick things that might have been mistakes, whether it's the Koivu contract in a vacuum. You have to compare to the rest of the league and the rest of the teams. Because you're going to be able to, like, I can find flaws in Steph Curry's game. The guy's injured, you know, he gets bullied around sometimes in the playoffs. It doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Fame player relative to the rest of players in basketball. So Chuck Fletcher, I agree. There's a lot of no move clauses. There's a lot of questionable long term contracts. But is there a perfect general manager in well in all of professional sports? Not really. I mean, you could, there's probably a couple here and there. I and mean,
0: if you fire him and bring in a, a guy who says, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to start w- with a new head coach," do you want that? And my answer is, no, I don't.
1: Yeah, I think you found you have found a good head coach. I think you're in a situation where. You absolutely had to take advantage of the Zach Parise-Ryan Suter availability in free agency six years ago. So you start there, okay, let's improve the team right away, let's sign those guys. Whatever it takes to sign those guys. Like, if that's what they wanted, okay, I guess you're in a corner, you have to sign them. Okay, now, how many GMs would be able to take those albatross contracts and a salary cap, like you say, that doesn't go up, and that's it's flat lines it. and build a team... That can win the championship on a regular basis, or that's a that's a stretch, but like get to the Western Conference Finals two or three times and win a Stanley Cup championship. I don't know if you could find a lot of GMs and coaches, if you're gonna count Bruce Boudreaux plus Mike Yo, that are gonna pay off like a title or two trips to the Stanley Cup finals over that six year stretch. I'm sure there are. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but if you're just gonna fire based on a plateau. That's not the best logic. Like there should be more behind your firing logic than well, we've hit a plateau. Now, Time now, to fire people. Now trades
0: are possible. If Charlie Coyle does not have a good playoff, I trade him for what though? I, like sho- I shop him and I try. Well, what's and his trade value him. though? There, there will, there's always going to be a team. Once again, he's the type of player who somebody's going to say he's six foot three. He can score goals. We'll take him. But I in general, if, like, if a player is if so I can d- get a defenseman, if I can get a if I can if I can add. Uh, depth to my defensive core, I do it. But that, but my point is, I would definitely look if they go out in the first round this year again, which they might. I would definitely look to potentially make roster changes. I would not make wholesale organizational changes though. And totally I agree. And and because if you do, if you do, okay, you're going to go hire a new GM, and now that guy's going to come in and say, well, I like Bruce, but I don't like him that much. Now you have to buy Bruce out, which is fine if you didn't like him. But Boudreaux, if you look at the job he's done this year, he's not, not going to and he shouldn't win coach of the year. He should get votes, though. He's done a hell of a job. And look at the start this team got off to and what they did after that start. If you look at his
1: his job as a whole, he's had a really good mm-hmm. season. Can I share something personal with you? So I went down to the bathroom over here and they, they were out of toilet paper. Yeah. I use sandpaper instead. Because it's the cup. That's right. I love because it's because the cup. Because it's the Can people hear that? I don't know. Hold on. What? There's a there's just a super loud pounding noise like right beneath our feet. Yeah. That's happened about four times. It's We've a... shut our mics off during the nanny interview. It sounds like pipe work of some sort. Is that what's, it's like, right below t- pretend t- like
4: you have
0: any idea No, it I don't. Like. No, 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 I don't. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds like the rugging on the, uh, the yeah, ducks yeah, there. Your yeah, the uh, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. right.
0: That thingy, yeah. that thingamajig, I mean, that yeah. thing is old and goofed up. No, I'm not. I, I have no idea. That's why I said. It sounds like they're pounding on a pipe. It I have no like idea. It sounds like someone's taking a
4: hammer to something, yes. <laughs> I said it was a pipe. <laughs> don't patronize
1: me.
4: <laughs> I'm not patronized. I'm making fun of you. I don't, don't think it's a pipe. It would
1: sound more metallic if it was a pipe. Well, like, so, it sounds more like you like, no like, either. it sounds like wood like you would know either well hey I've now I think it's pike. who's probably used tools more often in their life me or Judd? I, I grew think... up on a farm come on you can't put me in the same boat as you on as far as like being incapable of like picking up a hammer what's and the, what's the knowing most, what to do with it
0: what what's the what's the most difficult thing labor wise that well, you yeah, did I grew at the farm? up
1: I grew up on a hobby farm so like I was doing hobby farm related things for at least the first you know <laughs> ten years of my such as Mending fences, so we did. We did fix a fence. We did fix a fence actually last summer. It was very exciting. So we would, uh, what, like, fix. Did you paint it? Did you would, put you some know, nails in there? All the of the above. Guy. All of the above. Did, did you? Did you dial?
0: Yeah, one eight hundred fence guy. <laughs> all <of> the above. <laughs> get
1: yeah, you guys out. We'll get we you guys out taking thirty uh, pound bales of hay and climbing. Oh, I up got steps. something going on that day. So sure you do. Uh, Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us next?
4: Uh, Wrigley Field sucks, apparently. And I know it's not football season, but we have Mike Leach audio. Wow. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. They're so mentally unsound that they need some inspiration. (laughs) Mackey and
2: Judd on 1500 ESPN.
4: And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by your neighborhood, Ace. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's also the place for national brands like Scott's and miracle Grow, and local expertise to help you grow the lawn and garden you've always wanted. Only at Ace, the helpful place.
2: And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise men remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of stuff you should know about please, please tell
0: me. Uh-oh. All right, Dave Arrigan, why am I not surprised that you found an item that says Wrigley Field sucks? Is that serves your agenda.
4: <laughs> it's not just me, John. Great it's Ball the Chicago Park. Tribune. You want to start
0: with that? I wasn't going to start with that, but I can start yeah, with let's, that. Yeah, let's hear, let's hear their defense for saying that. All Blasphemy. Right.
4: Uh, it was home opener day yesterday and at Wrigley Field after they banged the game Monday, even though the White Sox played and drew an actual under 1,000 people. <laughs> A total of 974, in fact. Went to that White Sox game Monday, according to the Tampa Bay Tribune. This from the Chicago Tribune, boys. After all the renovations that have been done the last couple years, you know, expanding the amenities, putting nice big luxury space behind home plate Mm -hmm. of Wrigley Field. When the Cubs decided to move and enlarge the dugouts, build that swanky exclusive club behind home plate, they also changed some of the seats down the left and right field lines making them smaller hmm. some complained those aren't big enough for regular size fans one said they were built for medical middle school students another wondered if they were modeled after middle seats in the back of airplanes one fan called it the 120 pound or less section and another called the section quote the spirit airlines of stadium seats. <laughs> it's a huge difference is Don Cameron Cubs fan who was wedged into a seat, rubbing shoulders with his son. I suppose it's better now that we're uh, then better now than it'll be in August when it's 95 and we're sweaty.
1: Well, I think what they're doing here, if I could, uh, you know, explain this on behalf of the Cubs, I think they're just trying to make sure that their fans aren't obese. I think they're trying to take care of <laughs> the obesity epidemic obese. in this country. Make sure you're eating a lot of proteins, lean meats, nah. greens. Wow, listen. Hold on. What? Hold on. Turn, Hold the, this me- turn the music down. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Can people hear that? I have no idea.
2: <laughs> Here it is.
1: Here it is. Can people hear that? I-, I feel like we should evacuate. They're like. they're. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like dri- they're drilling literally like below our feet. They're doing something right below our feet. Odds that whatever work is being
4: done right now is completed by 1 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> oh,
0: percent <99.999999%. laughs>
1: Always conveniently scheduled, by the way, around the 1 to 3 o'clock time slot. I'm it's not amazing sure that how that is. works. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> anyway, Wrigley stinks. That's right. All right. I said it. I say people are too fat. are not you... Mixing a salad before you go to a baseball uh, it's game. It's Chicago.
0: Yeah, get bigger seats again. again. No, hey, no, they get, had Caesar get bigger salads, bigger salads for
1: appetizers in Chicago.
0: Embrace the fat culture. You're right. Get bigger <laughs> get the seats. Ho- it doesn't stick. Get the it's hot an dog.
1: appetizer for an, an entire deep dish pizza. Get the Italian sausage without the
4: bun. Okay. <gasps> Uh, speaking of old crappy stadiums, Boston plays in one, but I'm not going to talk about Fenway. Did you see what Boston did to the Yankees last night? It was just bad. one game, but holy crap. It was bad. He checks the runners, kicks in, comes to the plate 2-1, and
0: Mookie hammers yes. it.
2: Deep left field, way back, grand slam. <laughs> Mookie bets his third career grand slam, and the Red Sox have blown this absolutely wide open. It is to 14-1.
4: Sox, what lost on opening day and haven't lost since.
1: That's correct. That's pretty good. Nine and one for the Sox and nine and one for the Mets. And the Yankees are now under five hundred at five and six, and everybody is freaking out. As they should be. Everyone's panicking. It's more fun that way. Aaron Boone's in trouble. Might get fired at this rate. Well, I think Gabe Kapler and Aaron Boone are on hot seats already. <laughs> you're ten, your ten games in, you might be gone. <laughs> yep. You see who got the
4: uh, got to the mound last night for the Rangers? Not his first time this season, but.
0: It was a laugher against the Angels. No, I didn't, but I'm willing to bet it was the big man. Uh, We
4: got ourselves
0: three innings of big, sexy. Speaking of a guy that won't sit in a – or can't sit in a small seat. (laughs) He wouldn't be able to go to Wrigley. Yeah, he can't (laughs) go to Wrigley. No games at Wrigley (laughs) for Bartolo.
4: And it was an 11-1 drilling that the Rangers were uh, on the losing end of at the hands of the Angels. But we did get a couple great moments, including Pujols at the plate, one out in the uh, seventh inning, big, sexy delivering.
2: This one – off of Cologne's glove.
1: A 1-4-3 double play, just as we wrote it up. Only Bartolo Cologne could make this happen.
4: Deflection to the second baseman. Catch the runner off first double play. But even better, we got to the ninth. It was the old man, big sexy, against the new thrill, Shohei Otani. I'm going to play for you, just the sound of ball hitting bat. If you can hear it over the rumbling below us. (laughs) Tell me (laughs) what you think happened at the end of this play. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Pull the music down so we can hear very clearly. Yeah, I hope. Drilling down. Okay. Do you hear the...
1: the it th- sounds like someone got hit with a line drive.
4: No, no, no. That's a ball hitting bat. Do no, again. Nobody got injured. Do it again.
1: Okay. I got nothing. What nothing. do you think? Home run. Fly ball. Uh, it Three. sounds like a... sounds uh, like a line, line yeah, I
4: really, drive really, I don't know where you're going with this. I just was simply asking you to predict the play. La- you're baseball savant. Double up double the wall.
0: Ground ball, second base. Keiner we will take care of Otani, and the inning is done.
4: Just a simple, meaningless, wow. routine ground ball. He's been if, figured out. All right, if, Big Sexy still got it. If
1: you were to take Big Sexy, and uh, let's say it was just like a neck down shot of Big Sexy and Miguel Sano, and you showed a grounder rolling to third base and them charging the grounder, like would you be able to identify which one is which? Right now, absolutely not. No,
0: no, no there's no way I could. <gasps>
1: Like once you know, once they threw the ball over, Miguel, well, I mean, Big Sexy's got a pretty powerful arm too. Yeah, so. no,
4: nope. there's no way I could right now. Uh, Mike Leach, I'm sure, preparing for the spring football game at Washington State. He likes to take walks. He likes to walk from his house to the facility at Washington State. It's only about two or three miles, something like that. But he likes to walk it, get some exercise, and well, he was asked a question about his walks.
0: What's the weirdest animal you've seen on one of your walks? You said you see animals when it gets snowy
2: tracked a raccoon one time in the snow um, <coughs> uh, The because uh, uh, you know I was in a, a neighborhood and I was just curious where this raccoon lived you know and you know there's fresh raccoon tracks uh, and he'd been digging in somebody's garbage and uh, so I, I, I followed the tracks and I don't even know if these people know it but he lives right in the back of their house in a bunch of brush and trees you know. <laughs> And because uh, and you, you know, you can follow right, uh, you know, approximately where he's at. You consider
1: yourself a pretty good tracker then,
2: huh? Well if it's just blatantly obvious, the snow is... I mean you know, it's like, uh, yeah it's like on a cartoon or something. I mean it was blatant tracks. But I was curious, you know, it was, it was uh, residential enough, I was curious where this sucker lived and so I walked about half, uh, half a mile out of my way to... Sort that out, you know, Um, but uh, yeah, it was it it was a fairly residential area, you know, and uh, you know, I was just curious where, where, you know, where uh, where a raccoon would live. So I'm such such a a fan is super weird. I'm such a fan of his super
1: weird. I love how it's the same woman that asks all the weird questions every time there's a press conference. It's like she just rolls in with a list of weird questions to ask Mike. I
4: think it's fan questions. I think that's literally what she's there for. It's questions uh, from Twitter
1: okay. or whatever. They get emailed. And they,
4: I, they I was hoping piece. it would
1: just be her. That that she's, he, just like, that she's, she's just, just like she's the, the journalist in the crowd, and she's like, <laughs> I don't really care about football schemes. I want to know what's your favorite primary color and why. <laughs> and he'll give you a long answer. Sure he will. Judd, you weren't
4: here Monday, unfortunately, so you missed the WrestleMania recap. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to get another WrestleMania recap in about two and a half weeks. Phil, have you seen the card that's been laid out for the greatest Royal Rumble that will be taking on uh, taking place in Saudi Arabia end of I, this month, the I 27th? Have,
1: I'm not thrilled about it. I don't know why they keep going back to the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar well, but uh, they're going to again here on April
4: 27th. They anyway. are going to that. It'll be a, a cage match, so I guess it's a little something different to it. But you've also got John Cena with Triple H. That'll happen. Oh, that's ooh, interesting. Yeah, okay. a lot more.
1: So they're going to go against each other.
4: Yes, okay. they will go against each other. You've got Chris Jericho back in action, Royal Rumble style. It will be a 50-man Royal Rumble, including <sighs> not only Jericho. 50? Big Show, Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman, and Kurt Angle all a part of this. And the highlight, I think, for everybody, Rusev will be taking on the phenom. That's right. He's going to be back again. The Undertaker in his specialty, Phil. Hell in a Cell. A, ca- a casket match. I
1: feel like they're cheapening everything that, uh, like, The Undertaker, it was a nice little WrestleMania, go off into the sunset, your little uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar thing. It's like they're doing WrestleMania all over again. Oh, it's the greatest That's Royal Rumble. I feel like I've been robbed with my uh, so WrestleMania. So who's going to show
0: this one now? Still your... Uh... The website? W- stream Wwe. Live stream live.
1: WWE Network. <laughs> the
0: website. Or is uh, this actually How dare on you TV? denigrate WWE oh, Network sorry. by calling it just a
1: website? It's just okay? an ordinary website to me. I'm it's sorry. It's just the greatest streaming platform in the world right now. <laughs> so you'll be watching so, uh, this. So who's going to show it? Like, is it the website? Is the you, it the website to show So you'll be watching it.
0: You're going to throw
4: it
1: on Facebook or something? Is it going to be on one of those like, social media sites? It might be on Stadium sites? TV, for
0: all I know. I mean, Stadium TV's picked actually, up it's you know pretty good. Actually, I've got hear,
1: Jason they're going to put it on a Golf Channel, I heard.
2: That'd be great. <laughs> hey, but
0: well, after you know the what? I'm not defending hockey. You're not going to offend me. There's nothing you could say about my sport that would actually offend me. (laughs) You talk about dysfunction. That's us, the National Hockey League.
2: Phil Mackey. Little smartass running around giving orders to everybody. Judd Zolgad. Judd, (laughs) do you enjoy any part of your job and any part of sports? Is there anything you take joy in? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
4: Save the date. The fourth annual Town Ball Classic returns to Target Field Saturday, May 26th, presented by... 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. The day kicks off at 10 a.m. with Class C action, followed by Class B at 1. And then Class A wraps up the day at 4 o'clock. All the games broadcast here on 1500 ESPN. And if you want to go down there and check it out, tickets just 10 bucks for the entire day. And the proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword Town Ball. Woo!
1: Email from Greg. Woo! Yeah, just please stop. Stop already. Speaking of hearing odd noises, what was the, by the way, people are chiming in. Most people say they can't hear the drilling that's happening on the first floor of our building, like right beneath our studio on the air. So one guy said he could. I don't know. People are, so maybe it's just us awesome that we can hear in here. Anyways, Greg emails. <laughs> Speaking of hearing odd noises, what was the annoying constant wahoo yelping during the Twins game? <laughs> Is it something that comes through hearing it on TV and doesn't sound like that in person? I hope I'm not the only one who is hearing it. No, Greg, you are not. All right, it's got to stop. So this is...
0: So last night they announced a crowd of 15,000-plus at Target Field, which was way too high, but I'm, I'm guessing that they sold more season tickets this year. So their announced attendance is going to go up a little bit. But anyway, the crowd that was there, this is the new wave. When you don't have enough people to do the wave... It's the Ric Flair woo. And once in a while, it's fine. But my God, they wouldn't stop last night. And then I saw a tweet when, when I got home from a guy who was covering the Cardinals game. But it's organic, right? It's just all
1: fans doing it. Yeah, it's it, just right? all not... fans
0: doing it like a, like, it's like a bird call or something. It's a call, yeah, it's, Yes.
1: Every time Ric Flair walks into an arena. So actually, six years ago, I went to WrestleMania at Sun Life Stadium in Miami. And then the next night at uh, the Miami Heat Arena. So this, the stadium had like 75,000 people. And Ric Flair, I don't think, was even playing a role in WrestleMania six years ago. Honest to God, for the six hours I was in that stadium, anytime there was a lull, it would just turn into, woo, yes. woo, yes. woo, like concourses. But and I, and I was there alone, and even just like for fun, walking through the concourses, I would just be like, woo, just to get it started. You were at it's e- fun! But you
0: were at an event in which Ric Flair it was a legend. I get that.
1: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ric Flair is a legend anywhere. He's not a legend.
4: Specifically in this town, Judd. A lot of quality time here. He went to the University of Minnesota. All right, so anyway,
0: so anyway, I get home last night on Twitter I saw a guy covering the Cardinals game who said the same thing was going on at the Cardinals game last night. I, it's too much. I can't
4: take it. So it's literally one guy in the left field bleacher screams it. Then you Woo! get some guy up in the right field, upper deck, screams and Then yeah. somebody yeah. behind home plate is yeah. just going yeah. around. Yes,
0: and it just it goes around and around. And I don't think that there's any reason for it. I don't think it's a strikeout or a base hit or an out. I think it's just an arbitrary, I'm bored and I can't do the wave because it, th- there's not enough people here. Would you
1: prefer the wave or would you prefer the wooing?
0: I'd prefer the use of common sense to have neither of them.
1: Okay, well, here's where you're a hypocrite. All but right. I will take the.
0: Wa- I guess I would take the wave because wow. the wave can only go oh, around on. x amount of. T-
1: the wooing, Dude. the wooing is so annoying. Wait a second, I don't want either. What did you just say? You'd take the wave over wooing? Yeah, hit that. Yep, mean? I hit them both
0: well this is like death by poison or something i mean i don't want to die
4: hot take cops is recorded on location with the men and women of sports talk all suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court
1: okay first of all i
0: want whatever's gonna die
1: out pull your mic over um here's where you're a hypocrite okay sorry to present this to you but it's too easy you spend a lot of time on this show, specifically in regards to baseball, complaining about how you wish it was more like the World Baseball Classic or soccer matches with atmosphere. And you wish the play-by-play announcers were more energetic. Yeah, and would, sure. and would have. Yes. You wish that it was more festive inside these arenas yes. and stadiums. And now, when we have something that's very much... American, no! Rick Bleep no, no, and no. Flair, no. represents the American dream. This is annoying. Oh! Bring, bring your, it's, then it's, oh, that's too annoying. Bring, bring your
0: drums. Do chance. I don't care about that. But the wooing, it's it's so annoying. I don't want the wave. I don't want the wooing. I don't want either one of them. So you don't want a festive let atmosphere. Craf, let me craft a way. I'll craft a way to have a, fitness, a, festive fitness, a festive atmosphere that's neither one of those things. All right. Well, what would you do? I think you're a hypocrite. Dave, do you think I'm let's right get, on this? Oh, 100%. Let's okay. get let, let's yes, get people.
4: Judd hates styling and profiling. I think that's very obvious. Let's he hates it. wheeling and dealing, All right. jet flying, limousine riding, Kiss sums stealing. of the guns. Yes. I don't mind I'm Rick. having a hard time keeping these alligators down, Judd.
0: I don't mind Ric Flair. Judd, Ric
4: Flair has more
1: cars than you have friends. I'm not
0: arguing woo! against woo! I'm not arguing <laughs> against Ric Flair. I just don't want to hear, woo!
1: A hundred times for baseball game. What would you rather hear? Three hours of... <laughs> or two and a half hours of...
2: Switch! Switch!
1: Ice! Ice! Because both come
0: go! across... <laughs> I actually... The Tibbs one amuses me more so. It's annoying, but it's amusing. The wooing eventually just wore me down.
4: So you want atmosphere. You crave atmosphere, I want but people, only on your
0: terms. I want people... <laughs> yes! Thank you! <laughs> I've that's been such a that classic judge take. Yes, that's a exactly. Classic you you just
1: articulated it perfectly. Yes. I want atmosphere. Here's something that's atmospheric on not my terms. Not that type of atmosphere on my terms. That's what I want.
0: I don't want a bunch of people just arbitrarily throughout the course of a baseball game not stopping, going
1: woo. Uh, Chad emails or, or tweets the show. Was wondering how long before Judd bitched about the wave, the woo, and everybody clap your hands. Should have been a write that down. Dave could have finally got one. (laughs) God, don't do that. He he just hit on one. Oh, everybody, oh,
0: the clap your hands thing. Oh, no, stop. Stop. Bring back the drilling. Start drilling again. Start drilling. I hate that. You're going to make me say something really inappropriate, and I'm going to get fired.